0: Lo talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another show and Happy New Year's for the people that's out there. That. Anyhow, right now, I see we have one person here. I appreciate you being here. I'm sure there'll be more along here shortly. Now we got the word; didn't take long. But anyhow, uh, you know, I've been touching TFL for a lot of years now. And I've talked about a lot of stuff, social conditioning machine, the programming. How come genders act the way they act in today's society? Where it came from? Anybody that's followed me for the years knows this stuff. But the one spot I have never been able to cover that I've always wanted to cover was the opposite gender. How they're affected by the programming in society. Why they act the way they act. Why do women choose who they choose? Why are we, you know, looking at the people we're looking at? How come women choose who they choose and condemn so many men to the side and never give them the time of day? It's all because of the programming. And that's what most people don't understand. And, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, over the years, TFLers will say, women cannot live TFL. They can't live two force loneliness because they're the ones creating two force loneliness. Now, we all understand that, yes, the women are the ones creating the true force loneliness. But they're not creating it deliberately in no ways or means. Matter of fact, most of the women don't even know they are what they are because they don't realize they are. And you have society to blame for that. You have social conditioning machine to blame for that. And the women are just as much a victim as I've always said this as the men are. But like I told you before, take a poll and put men on one side of that poll and women on the other side of that pole. The programming has been passed down onto us by the powers to be for centuries and centuries now has dictated the women's roles in life and the men's. And so it's been essential to get a woman who is awake, understands what's going on, and lived it. And lived life herself, that can see what's going on. I didn't know that that would ever happen, but guess what? It happened. And I'm very proud to introduce Hannah. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. (laughs) G'day. How you doing?
0: Uh I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And so, as I promised, or as I told you, I found a woman that is going to become part of this show now, so you might want to get used to it. Yes, there's a female in the dating scene topic for men now, so get used to it. She's here.
1: So, Anna, you want to tell them just a little bit about yourself? Sure, I will, Bill. Um, first up, I, I will explain that I watched your show a few times and understood very quickly that there's a lot of wounded men there. And um, my intention is not to create or um, add to any of that wounding. I've got my own wounds that I'm tending. And uh, my true forced loneliness was uh, a choice. Um, And it was a a choice because I needed to take a step back to look at some of the situations that I kept putting myself through Um, and have a look at my own programming, if you like. And I wasn't really aware... Um, of the cultural Marxism and the social conditioning that um, was part of that, um, but very briefly, I'm Australian, obviously I'm with American citizenship. I came over here because I met somebody and I married them. Um, that particular person was a Native American, and I was very in love with the culture, and very in love with the the spiritual philosophy, um, and very in love with the gentleman, of course. Um, Didn't mean to put him last. He was obviously a big part of the whole um, experience. But um, very quickly I learned. I mean, the day that we got married, the the name that he gave me was not his real name. Um, So I didn't find out till the day that we were running around getting the paperwork, and I found out. I'm like, what What's this surname here? And he goes, Oh, well, that's my real name. And I said, But you told me it was something else. And so, we got through that, and in the honeymoon night he was on a go on talking to a girl in Canada <laughs> but my part of my conditioning is I have parents who've been married for sixty years, and you know my conditioning was that you stick things out you you try and make the best of things, and that's what I did um and for the next two years, um I came to understand that this particular individual and i I need to be cautious because um this these people are still living. And my intention is not to be running these people down this is just from my perception and from my experience of but my perception of that experience was that it was very dangerous for me Um, this individual could become physically violent um, was very emotionally unstable um, and I believe I was living with what we know is a psychopath Um, And I used to have a big mouth and I used to be quite hysterical and histrionic and I would react to certain things that he would say or certain threats that he would make to me. And I learned very quickly that this particular person enjoyed my reactions, enjoyed um, in a kind of sadistic way those reactions that I gave him. So I learned to shut up. I learned to... Uh, to keep my mouth shut to stay safe basically and I did I I still stuck it out because I was codependent enough to believe that with my love (laughs) I could affect a change and I think that's part of a a big part of my programming right there Um, I can tell you that I was born I'm the eldest of four children and there was a son who was born before me he was a cot death or uh, you call it SIDS syndrome over here And in those days, um, my parents were not really given a chance to grieve that death and they were told that they needed to have a baby straight away and it was me. And my mother is pretty honest. She told me that she was too frightened to pick me up as a baby without holding a mirror in front of my face to see if I was breathing. Um, She was so scared. (laughs) So consequently, I was very overprotected as a child and somewhere I got that message that that kind of overprotectiveness Equals love. And so I've unconsciously sought out partners who were quite possessive and um, overly protective because I equated that with love. And that's my programming right there, Bill. Yes.
0: And if you look at your comments, the comments on the board here, mm-hmm. you've got TFL from Toronto, Forced Loneliness, has already
1: asked him some
0: questions. So
1: go ahead. Sure. The sounds dropped out.
0: Sounds dropped out. I hear you just fine.
1: Or were you just pausing? Were
0: you? Just pausing for you, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give you a chance to read the comments he's asked you. I'm I- trying
1: to. I'm trying to. I, I'm not seeing comments on my screen, so I'm obviously in the wrong screen, aren't I? Could you read a couple of the questions to me?
0: Okay, well he's asked you when I was a teen I had friends, male and female. But yep. they cut me off because I was okay, intolerable.
1: He was intoler or oh, he was intolerable or the women were
0: intolerated or whatever you want to call it. It's I N T yep. O D R T D introverted. And he so, goes So yeah. he was introverted yes and then he goes on and says why would you choose tfln
1: why would i choose t why would i choose true force loneliness because i kept going from one bad disaster to another um these were my choices and i take full responsibility for it um and i've experienced financial huge financial loss um i've been wiped out i've been homeless i've um you know, and these were just like really bad choices, and I had to, I had to stop and take a step back and look at what I kept, what I kept attracting to me, Um, so I chose to be lonely um, because I needed to look at me, Um, I I think I put myself up on one of those, you know, those online dating sites or whatever, and I, I was telling Bill just earlier, it's like, I felt weird because, you know, I'm getting likes and comments and all of that, and that can be good for your ego, but it's not my ego that really needed feeding, (laughs) you know, if I want to base my life on whether people like me or not, you know, on on what I look like and all of that, then, then it's not real for me, and then I felt really cheesy going through pictures of men like, I'm in a supermarket, and I'm looking at, it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like the right way to meet someone for me.
0: Yeah, so, so Aaron's asking you a question here, so I'll get to him real quick, okay? Okay,
1: yeah, and you know what it is? I haven't signed into the chat.
0: That may be what it is, because yeah. you're seeing the chat, it's being typed. Yeah. Or kind of it, but it says, were you where were you getting it where you going after the bad boys? He wants to know where you're going after the bad boys. Well was
1: like going after the bad boys. Um yeah, sometimes I, I used to think that I was, and then I started thinking, well, a lot of these men sought me out, so they were going for the good girl, maybe, you know, a bit of both. Um, I think that my conditioning, you know, I, I was never I was never one who was into romance fiction, except maybe when I was a teenager. And um, those lifetime movies that Bill talks about, which I think are kind of like, that's pornography for women, really, because it's not real. (laughs) You always have a bad guy in the drama and then some rescuer who comes in to save her. You know, she's not ever kind of responsible. But um, I'm just going on a generalization there. But I, um, I think women are attracted to drama, certain amount of drama, because you see that in all of the like romance fictions and the TV shows that are part of our conditioning and programming. And so it's all very passionate and, you know, dramatic and that equates romance somehow. That's, that's for me, I'm only speaking for me. I'm not atypical. I'm not speaking for all women. So that's what, what I think I went for. Was in the chat.
0: Let's see if he's already with you. He's glad that you answered him honestly.
1: Right. I've got that. I'm on the wrong TFL. i mean now, but now I'm on the wrong TFL thing. Hang <laughs> <I
0: ain't
1: laughs> on. I'm coming in. I'm coming
0: in. She's trying to get there. This is new to her. But I'll tell you this: while she's looking to try to find the right chat box, right. our right show page. Okay. Right. I sent you the link once, and you might be able to go back and click on that.
1: Okay, yeah, you did. I'll try it again.
0: Oh, you know, because it might just have to refresh itself on your side. Right, hang (laughs) on. I've had an extensive talk with her before she ever came here. I just didn't bring her on this show randomly. So that you guys know that right off the bat. She was not just brought here randomly. She's quite (laughs) awake to what's going on in this world, and she's waking up more every day. Okay, which you don't find many women that are, and she is, okay? She's honest and she'll be the first one to tell you up front because of the social conditioning machine and the programming she received in her life, wanting to fit in with her friends in her circle and her life, wanting to fit in and wanting to be normal, seen as normal, she done the same thing as every woman does with their programming I'm sure she has heard some guys that she returned down in one to five seconds, just like we all see happen. And she will tell you she has done that. She didn't see what was going on. She always figured herself, me speaking for it, you can confirm this, but she always figured herself that when she rejected a guy, it was no big deal because there was another woman out there for her.
1: Uh- I found it now, and just to let everyone know, I'm under the name Louise Fox. That's actually not my name. My name's Annie. Um, I'm using Louise Fox. That's because that's my my middle name. Louise. My grandmother's name is Fox, so that's my little alias. But I'm Annie. Um, so, okay, I uh, got a couple of questions there. Why would you move from Australia to America to meet a husband? Okay, <laughs> there's a great question. Okay, so what happened was um, my parents are British and um, they uh, went back, my mother did a geographical, she got very sick, she had a breakdown and they all decided they were going back to England to live and so we went back when I was 16 years old and I stayed there for two years and I did meet a very, very bad boy there, um, my very first sexual experience, and I was raised Catholic, and I basically manipulated until I, you know, got that man to marry me, which he did. He followed me out to Australia, and we we married there, and I was 18 years old. He was 19. And um, when I say he was a bad boy, I'm, it was in the days of David Bowie. He had dyed red hair, and he had a motorbike, and I thought he was like, yeah, he was really is really bad here's somebody I can you know with my love I can I can affect a change in this person's life you know all of that sick stuff and um, then he drove a, when I say he drove a motorcycle he drove a 50cc Yamaha <laughs> which for me who'd lived this really kind of protected life in a Catholic school in Australia I thought that was really a big deal and their marriage didn't last it went Uh, till I was divorced when I was 21 and um basically alcohol played a huge part he was also a huge pothead and there was a lot of differences between us we were way too young we have since talked um online uh years later and he's remarried and he's very happy and bears me no ill will and I bear him no ill will we both had to learn from each other and it was a tough lesson and um then I didn't get married, you know, until I was 42, and that was the American guy. And I tell you why I've always been attracted to the outsider, because my parents were English immigrants in Australia, so I was always attracted to the outsider, the 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 someone from another culture. And prior to having met the Native American, I was involved with I had been taken to Arnhem Land, Australia, um, which is Aboriginal Australia. And I spent time with an Aboriginal community and I was adopted in and it changed my life, Um, completely changed my life because of their spiritual outlook and how they applied it to their everyday world. And um, so I, I... I met this Native American through that community online. There's a, a stupid thing. And so he invites me to America. And, of course, I go on and off to America. And we have the big red-hot romance for about three months, red flags flying all over the place. I didn't listen. I just did what I did, you know, because it was a romance full of drama and passion. And um, there you go. And I basically... I got my karmic. I don't think I deserved what I what I received. I love myself enough to say that, but I um, I certainly whatever I've done wrong in my life, I've paid for it.
0: Well, that's just it, you know. Um, I found it to be a great inspiration because the facts are the facts. Just like men, just like women, we're all human beings, and we've been conditioned, we've been programmed our whole lives. And we've been divided deliberately. Gender roles played a great deal with dividing us all. Gender roles had a lot to do with that. And then the norms in society. I mean, you wonder why people go by looks. You know how many times is say, talk about looks, looks, looks. Well, looks is another thing that was conditioned, programmed. You don't think it is, but it is. Because everything's done in baby steps. You think about it from the time you was a little baby, you was born, you brought home. Everything you ever learned or you seen came from mostly your television set, books, and magazines, and your school system. So what was considered to be good looking, what was considered to be average, and what was considered to be ugly was putting your face your entire life. Now she's no different than any other human being. We all grew up in the same world with the same conditioning put in our faces. The only difference is is she was given a different set of programming when it came to what she was responsible for in life and what her rose was than what we was. We was told a whole different story. So the rose was completely designed for men that they're the caretaker, the breadwinner, they're the protector, you know, the provider and the protector. And the men was the ones that had to go out and do the impressing of the women, okay? And then the women, of course, they're no different than anybody else. They grew up with their roles. They were told that they were going to, and then you have the fashion the modeling industry and everything that's been put in everybody's face. Well, nobody wants the ugly car, right? As Leslie would have said years ago when she was talking to me, she says, Well, the dating seems a lot like shopping for a car. Nobody wants the ugly car. Well, you know, when you get she's running in her clit of friends when she was growing up, the only thing that mattered at that time to all of us, not just her, was that we fit in with our friends and our environment. We don't want to be out-sized, outcasted, made fun of, called names. So we all strive to fit in. And part of that, of course, is going to lead to the decisions she's made in her life for the choices she made for the guys. So I'll let her pick up from here.
1: Yeah, I am just reading um, uh, Toronto Forced Loneliness. Um, g'day, mate. Um, you were saying I was after the bad boy at, eight, at age 18 as much yeah yeah i and i i don't approve of it now i look back either but that's what i did um and it was the 80s yeah you know do you remember that movie what was that stupid movie um grease you know that was all a big thing and i think that you know that i remember going hitting the dance floor with those stupid skinny pants and the fluffy hairdo and all of that <laughs> um all of the things, you know, that I, that I had been taught were attractive, you know, were, were the kinds of things that I, I guess I went for. I would like to think I'm above that, but no, I'm not. Asperger's, right. Ah, well, Asperger's has its own gifts, though, right? Uh it definitely has its own gifts. And you, for me personally, I, I kind of think that um, you... You need to find a woman who has incredible insight and a similar gift as well, you know, but but how we find these people, I don't know. I don't know. Most people nowadays, whether it be male or female, are getting into relationships with only one intent and that is to get a quick fix by sticking their genitals into each other and moving on to the next. Yes, yes, yes. We have been um, definitely sexualized. Um, and we were talking about that earlier, Bill and I, as well. Uh, the idea that, you know, I don't know if you've ever been through or I, I have witnessed in certain recovery groups that people will eliminate whatever drug or eliminate whatever um, alcohol or gambling or whatever it is they're addicted to. They'll remove that addiction and then, bang, the go-to drug is um, sex. And they are in a, a forced sense of intimacy or fake sense of intimacy because they're sharing each other's lives and all of the terrible things they did while they were on drugs or alcohol or whatever and all of a sudden they're attracted to somebody they want to feel good you know and sex is the next go-to drug and what happens in is you have an increase in oh what is it not serotonin there's some some chemical in the brain that's an addictive chemical so you can be, actually become sexually addicted too. um But isn't it sad that we've come to that? That we just look at each other as um, you're supposed to make me happy and I'm supposed to make you happy instantly. And then, okay, now I'm not feeling so happy, so I'm on to the next person. We use each other as drugs.
0: That's it. That's exactly it. And that's the world we're seeing right now. And you have to really look hard at that. That's not no mistake. That's not no accident. You know, I can go back to when I was a kid and I can think about when I first hit teen and puberty. You was lucky to find one adult bookstore for miles where I lived. Right. And sex wasn't on the TV set. It wasn't pushed. It was basically hidden. Not that the problem wasn't still there, but you didn't have the society wasn't over sex. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. still had the breakdown because they were busy dividing the genders and breaking up the family unit through yeah. the programming. But if they do everything in baby steps. So let's get escalated through the years. Now when you look around you, what do you have? Sexes replace love. They are over the internet for absolutely free. Which means children are not looking at pornography. Whether you want to believe it or not, they are. Right. right. So everybody's becoming, well, they've replaced love with sex. Real love does exist. But you know, we talked about this or we talked about this already that when it comes to real love, it does exist.
1: I agree. It does exist. It absolutely does. And for whatever reason, we are the we're like <laughs> we just ended up shipwrecks, I guess. Um, oh yeah, see that's just it. This is what I've talked about for years because The truth is, is
0: the female doesn't want a thing to do with the nice guy. All of you guys in this chat right now, you know that already. If you're the nice guy, you come and laugh. Okay? You know this.
1: Um, I just want to... Quickly, sorry to interrupt you, Bill. I just wanted to apologise to um, Toronto True Force Loneliness from Canada, and just say very quickly, I said, well, he needed to find or whatever. I, I no, my role is not to give advice and not to tell anybody what they need. I'm sorry about that. And then, Jew, Jew Skillful. skill skillful, Jew, Skillful. He's been He's been here for years. Yeah, he's saying, I fail to see how women don't feel uncomfortable dating bad boys knowing they are no good and that their so-called strengths that the bad boy supposedly possesses can be turned against her. Absolutely agree. I don't even know what to say to that because I I fell into that trap. I'm I'm one of those people that I was programmed that way to see those things as um, attractive, those qualities as attractive when they're absolutely not. Being nice is what comes naturally to me. I treat people the way they want to be treated, and I just can't understand how a female who would be nice to me date a thug deal, yeah, drug dealer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have to agree with you. And and Sim says there's a truly a feminist agenda at play, and the masculine and feminine energies are suppressed by design to retard the population growth. Dating these days is insufferable. I <laughs> You got I agree with you there. <laughs> I agree with you. Hey, yeah. okay, well uh
0: we have Warren with us now. Okay, so I'm gonna bring Warren in. Okay. Hi uh, Warren. Just so you know, and uh we'll go on. Uh there's gonna be a lot of questions thrown and hand tonight. Okay, so just be full because if you're not respectful to order, I will remove you and I don't wanna have to do that, okay? <laughs> just so you understand, this is not about being it's
1: like I'm I'm not you know I understand that people are wounded and I understand that people are angry and and I'm just telling you I don't represent all women and I'm really sorry you guys got hurt you know I got hurt too. Yeah,
0: she's been hurt herself and then you have the situation like I told you. The majority of all of this is programming that's done this and she's made her choices in life that she can't take back now. She done it based on. Everything around her Her choices came from what was around in her life It didn't come Deliberately to hurt somebody With that being said Welcome to to the show
2: Hey Bill How you doing What what were y'all discussing What did I miss
1: uh well, we can't go backwards, you know you missed a lot. <laughs> G'day, Warren, I'm annie, and i've I've just been introduced to your show, and I'm just giving a my little female perspective, but I don't represent all women, <laughs> okay, I'm just here. yeah, it.
2: okay,
1: hopefully to be helpful,
2: yeah, well, with that being said, um don't everybody about talking once, I you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of disrespect going on now
0: <laughs> Oh, well, you know It ain't so much disrespect as the fact that, Yes, uh, she's Turned eyes down, well, I'm sure in One to five seconds in her life when she was younger She was busy Fitting in with the rest of the females And about to, you know, not fit in I mean, but you gotta Remember, this is all uh, 90% of everything we've ever gone through Has been programming to begin with and you know, and so she's done what she's done, but she's woke up, she sees you know, she can't take back the mistakes she's made. And it's no different than the rest of the guys out here. You know, you go through life and when you grow up as a baby up to a little time to run up, you follow the flow of the rest of the people, and that's what the majority of the people do. I'll throw
1: I'll throw a little spanner in here. Um so, you know, the, the question, which is a good question, why do women go for the bad guys and the good guys kind of get left behind? It's kind of, you can almost say, too, because I know a lot of good women out there um, whose husbands have left them for the, you know, the young, pretty young thing, and then they're left high and dry and feeling really bitter. And so, you know, it kind of works both ways. Men, Men, the men that I've known, a lot of them, not all of them, you know, tend to go for the the look, you know, the, the pretty young thing and the sexy young uh, Yeah
2: <laughs> Well what I've noticed, and this is just what I've noticed is that generally speaking um, m- men are willing more, m- more than likely to date down whereas women aren't unless you've got a lot of money, I mean you know mm.
1: like, I I used to work in a bar. I'm sorry, Warren. I are, are mean, just what I've noticed, about? I
2: mean, you know, m- men aren't as visual, I mean, in some ways, I don't think as women are. I mean, because men are willing, I mean, of course, it's more, it's more out of desperation. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's to blame it all on women, but I'm just being honest here. I mean, you know, I mean, really, I mean, relationships and stuff are generally in the women's court. I mean, you know, they're the ones that do the choosing.
1: True. I mean, um, men men have we've we've designed it so that men do the hard work of the initiating and the asking on the date and all of that and have to put themselves in the position of, of facing rejection and then women yeah. are the ones who who, you know, yeah, we get to choose like it's a supermarket or something. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, you
2: know. And I mean yeah, I I I, I, I do think that there are Occasional women who probably do live with this, but, but but I think I think there's gonna be a lot more men. I think that that, that, that for a man, you don't have to be average looking or or, or or lower and not have and not have like a Goldman Sachs bank account. I mean, in order to, to to be put in that bracket, whereas a woman, generally speaking, they have they have to be like a lot like less physically attractive. Like you know, like she's a burn victim or she's got like some sort of major deformity or something like that. You know.
1: Right,
3: right. Um, I, mean,
1: I I I worked as a bartender, and I remember watching the dance at the bar. You know, the the men that would come in, that had gone... To, and they would tell me their stories. And, you know, because I was a safe... I, I wasn't a bartender. I was an Australian. I didn't know you were supposed to get all dressed up and sexy and all that behind the bar. <laughs> so they would just yeah. tell me their stories. And um, a lot of them had gone through a divorce and, you know, lost kids and houses and all of that. And then, But they would come in wearing these fancy watches and then they would be telling women how much they earned and all of this stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? But then the women were just as bad. They're coming in and they're pumping up their cleavage and sucking in their stomach and putting all their makeup on. And it's like this, I was watching this bizarre ritual take place where no one was being real with each other, you know?
2: yeah. Well, that's what I have came to realize, too, man. Men and women alike across our society, the majority of people out there today are so superficial and fake and shallow. And I don't mean that to sound like I'm being nihilistic. It's just what I've came to, to realize the hard way. I mean, that—that that is the truth. We live in a very shallow and superficial society, and that—and that's what you see reflected in, like, you know, the dating and scene and all of that. Well, you got to think, too, that's going to have wider political implications because you got to think. People take relationships as some trivial thing, like some high school thing. That's not the case at all, because that's the foundation of human societies. That's the foundation of building families, which which leads to societies and communities. And when the and when the dating market is so corrupted like this, what do you think? What kind of impact do you think that that's going to have on society? I mean, look, you look at how dead the family unit is today.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah because it's, it's, because it's built on a foundation of
2: quicksand and then when you tell yeah, people that this house is built on a foundation of quicksand it's going to sink they call you a crazy conspiracy theorist
1: right no uh, yeah I, well you know they've called me a tinfoil hat too so <laughs> it's an easy yeah, way to dismiss yeah. us. and well, i agree with you with what you're saying about how much more superficial we are becoming as a society and I think that might be the downfall of the internet and social media. Um, There are good things about it, but that's the downfall of it. We're all, you know, you only have to go on Facebook and see how many people are putting up Photoshopped selfies and pictures of their breakfast, and it's like, please, you know, is that what you It's got to a
2: point because because' as people in general i'm not saying that you don't have people here in America that have had hardships and stuff like that, I mean of course, but relative to like some of these people in some of these poorer countries we've got it pretty good right now you got people up here in America who are so pampered, yeah they fed victim culture all the time, and it 's not even just for women, this goes for other brackets too this goes for like you know, the whole social justice warrior shit that you see going off everywhere right now. And it's gotten to a point where people are reduced to to complaining about stupid shit, like fucking OK hand signs and fucking peanut butter sandwiches to, to prove how quote-unquote oppressed they are. So they're sitting in their fucking, you know, living room typing on their computer and all this other shit that, 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 that you know, people who are really underprivileged don't even have access to. But, I
1: mean, I could go on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like they're trying to make a Hegelian dialect out of whether you like Pepsi or Coca-Cola, you know. <laughs> that's what like, yeah. we have got, too. Yeah. yeah, and that's not just America. That's, in a, I, I got friends in England. I got friends in Australia. It's happening all over. I, and I've got friends in Africa. And I'm watching these kids yeah. in Africa. And and they're all about trying to get a cell phone and you know their cell phone and and <laughs> okay yeah. well listen to
2: this and you get people so so brainwashed to believe in their governments that despite okay despite the same exact thing happening in all the Western nations at the exact same time now what's the odds of that happening by pure coincidence
3: right it's not very right. likely yeah.
2: right. And despite um, all of this, people still want to sit there and say, oh, but, oh, but we're conspiracy theorists. Yet they're screaming about communism taking over. Now, a com- communist coup would be what? The textbook definition of conspiracy, right? But yet we're still conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, hold on,
0: Warren. I want to I have to look at the comments.
1: Yeah, I've been looking. I've been reading as Warren was talking here. I want like to go ahead and answer some of
0: these questions for him.
2: We we'll
1: hear it from you. Yeah. So what is this? So whatever uh, answer the comments you see it. Oh okay. And and Warren, you can help me out here if I get Yeah. Um so my wife was my ex wife was the biggest pathological liar. This is from N S T X minus five, I think. My ex wife was the biggest pathological liar and took her lies to the grave with her, so no closure was ever truly obtained. Truth isn't valued either. I can tell you from experience, I lived with a psychopath, there is no closure. Even And, and if you were living with a woman who suffered from antisocial personality disorder, uh, I'm really sorry to say that um, there's probably as much closure as you're going to get, um, because these people will deny, deny, deny the truth, and they have a way of gaslighting you and twisting things you feel like you're going insane with that stuff. And then the worst part is not being believed when you try to tell hey, you someone a story. Yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead, Warren.
2: You can go ahead. I thought you were done. You can go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean no, to no, cut no, you I'm off.
1: No, I'm, done. I'm done. No, I'm done.
2: Okay. Yeah, I just want to add that, and this doesn't even have to be like necessarily a romantic relationship type thing, it could even be like, you know, Two heterosexual men, you know who are like friends or what not or or heterosexual women, whatever I mean, but sometimes, man, toxic people will come into your life, and some of them some of them even mean well, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, a lot of the times they're just problematic, even if they don't i mean some of some of them don't even mean to be some of them mean to be good people, but what I've learned is sometimes, man, you know, and it's not always easy to do, I mean, but sometimes you got you got to cut people off.
1: Right. And I, I, I mean, there uh, are
2: times where you just I, have to, you know, you have to, even when it's hard to do. I mean, even if you feel bad about doing it, there are times when, when you just have to cut certain people out of your life. You have to cut them off.
1: And here's the thing, too. If, if you are in a toxic relationship and you have been conditioned and programmed as I was to believe that you stick it out no matter what, you know, you could end up, you know, getting very ill in, in a relationship with a toxic person. And it's hard to identify. You have to, you have to then, you have to look at your own programming and then you have to look at the person really honestly and go, is this a healthy person that I'm with? And am I healthy? You know, am I healthy for, for going along? If I'm being abused, you know, when in the situation I was in, a healthy woman would not have stayed. Um, I was not yeah. healthy, and I don't think well, Exactly, was your
2: situation? I mean, I, I, if I may ask,
1: Sorry, I mean, what like, what was, that was again your, more?
2: like, what? Like, I, uh, I, if I, I may ask, I mean, hard if, hard. if not, you don't, want to, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. I'm just asking. But uh, what was your situation? What happened with your situation?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my situation, I came to America to marry a Native American gentleman and loved the culture and loved the Native American people. But the particular individual I was with was um, what I learned after about two years or, you know, before two years was that he was uh, had an antisocial personality disorder. And the more that I would react or and I, I tend to be or I tended to be quite dramatic and histrionic and, you know, I learned how to shut up because the more that I reacted, the more I would see a smile coming on his face, so he actually was feeding off these reactions um yeah. so and then when i I left, I got stalked uh, <laughs> uh he he sent um, stalkers by proxy. he sent people from his tribe to come to let me know that he knew where I was, and things like it was awful um but i but I don't uh, my responsibility and I chose that relationship and I chose it because I had all of these romantic notions of what it would be like to live with um, you know a culture that I really admired and thought of as very spiritual and I wasn't being realistic about what what that people had been through you know I, I came in with the little western, western girl <laughs> dances with wolves thing in my head yeah yeah, um, but...
3: that too. So, I yes, mean, so like,
1: that's...
2: I don't mean this as any yes. knock against like like Native Americans. I think I think there are some great Native Americans out there, but it's weird how in our culture we mystify them as if, as, as if they're like these morally superior spiritual beings. And look, they're no better or worse yeah. than anyone else. I mean, even prior to the white man showing up, there, there, there were some tribes that were conquering other tribes. Some tribes were, were peaceful and were great tribes. Other tribes were warlike and tyrannical. They were no different right. than any other and people I on, on the earth.
1: I objectified that culture, you know, through the mythology that I had been fed through movies and books and the New Age movement and everything else, you know, so... Yeah, I learned. And then Warren, just earlier, someone asked me, well, why did I um, reject Australian men and go all the way to America? And part of my conditioning is, you know, my parents were British who had immigrated to Australia. So I automatically always went for the outsider or someone from another culture that was kind of, I grew up in that kind of mindset of family who always taught me, you know, that we're English, we're not, we're not Australian. You know? That's something no, I would like
2: Irish. to probe about, too, man. I would like to have that discussion. because I thought that was rather interesting it's because you hear people all through, like, the the, the the TFL sphere or whatnot talking about how they think their race is such a major part of them being TFL. And I don't see that. I don't see it because I see I see TFLers of, of, of all races, and I see men who are successful women of all races. But what I do see is this. Let me explain this. What I do see is this. There seems to be a growing out out group preference amongst women of all races where where like white women are dating like black and brown men, brown and age women are dating white men, everybody's like, like women are generally dating outside of their race,
1: wow, okay, yeah. Be, but not that, be that be I have a problem theory. with interracial
2: dating. I don't. That's not the issue. I'm just recognizing patterns. It's an
1: interesting, yeah, it's an interesting social
0: development, yeah. It is. I've seen yeah. what Warren's talking about. You know, I found something else interesting. This person left a comment concerning what you were just talking about. He says, my ex was have one half charity and abused witchcraft. Native culture was a fascinating aspect of it.
1: Oh, where's that one?
0: It's right down here towards the bottom of this chat. By nine uh six men three.
1: Oh, I see, yeah. Um abuse witchcraft. Native culture was a fascinating aspect of it. Okay. You mean fascinating for you, nine six or, or she was she was fascinated with the subject or did you find her fascinating because of that? Might take a minute to answer. Yeah. That thing where, you know that was true of me. Definitely fascinated with the other. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. He'll answer here in a minute. I mean, you know, we
0: sure. but
1: I don't know, 40 seconds or so
0: before they hear what we just said. So.
1: And, uh, I find all
2: I culture. find all cultures fascinating, man. I mean, you know, I've studied history all over the world because what you find out is you see the same, especially once you get into the occult behind it. You notice that a lot of the same symbolism, a lot of the same tenements, keep showing up throughout time, throughout culture. I mean, you talk about ancient cultures that that have supposedly had no contact with one another, living on completely opposite sides of the world, that somehow are sharing the same occult concepts. You know, and you see the same old patterns in history from from nation after nation, empire after empire, all over the place down through history.
1: Yeah, now you're really getting into something. Yeah, I was fascinated with that too, how um, red, black, yellow, white, always the same four colors, meaning pretty much the same four directions in cultures halfway across the planet from each other. Yeah, that sort of stuff I really was interested in, still am. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, I'm, I'm just going to respond to um, someone said something. Uh, I I always expected a 40 year old, a 40 year female virgin who never had a date in her life. <laughs> I was expected. Yeah, you know, 40. Oh, you were expecting that, Toronto or or. It's not you. He said that.
0: Now he thinks that maybe you're
1: anti. I'm a virgin. <laughs> he messing with me. <laughs>
0: I'm hoping it'd be a TFL woman who was 40 years old and never been there.
1: Oh, that's what he was hoping for.
0: <laughs> and I think he thinks you're an anti-feminist. Of course. Well,
1: I'm not. I never, I did. There was a time when I thought I was a feminist and all of that, till I found out Gloria Steinem's story and all of that with her, with the CIA and, and, and where that was leading. And, um, I and then I listened to that. Oh gosh, way back when the Aaron Russo documentary was the America from freedom to fascism and how they manipulated the feminist movement, because basically they wanted more money. <laughs> if we were working, then they could tax you know men and women. But I always, you know, I grew up. My great grandmother was a she was Irish and she um she worked in the mills since she was 11 years old. And see, the thing is, for the working class, we never had a choice as to whether to stay home or go to work. So feminism to me was always something that was a very middle-class movement anyway. Um, And then I gradually grew away from it when I started to understand how it was being manipulated. I I basically always just thought it was, you know, equal pay for an equal job, equal opportunity. That's that's how I viewed it, that it's gone into a whole different area now. A whole different thing. And I, I I'm really sad to see the suffering that I see that men men on here, particularly, you know, in the last few weeks that I've been watching this, that you know, what men have been going through as a result of it. It's just awful for men and women. I don't think women are really aware of um of how they're being manipulated. Not not the majority of women. Oh, well, yeah, I think you that, too,
2: I mean, it's just one of the things you got to bear in mind is that, um, is that one, well, as far as this attack on masculinity, men, men did enable it by, by uh, you know, by allowing this kind of stuff, by enable. I mean, you know, so, but at the same time, I mean, you know, there are, um, you know, I forgot what I was going on, I lost my damn train of thought, I'm about half-baked, there
1: was something I was going to say, and I lost my train of thought. I, I'll I'll respond real quick while while you're um that thought together. Um, Warren Dirt, to nine S X M M I N three. Um, he was saying that he found the culture fascinating, and I think that that is the thing. You know, we we romanticize, and then we have these expectations, and of course, another human being can never fulfill these you know expectations we have if we've been programmed and um, I'm wondering what kind of programming you might have been fed regarding Native American culture or I see a lot of men in Asia I I lived in Asia for a year and I ran a club there and I used to watch these men the women over there absolutely dropped they're gorgeous beautiful women but the the men would um, be chasing after these Asian women and then you see them they get married and the women have an expression over there called, feed it to the ducks. I won't have yeah, to tell while you
2: what Yeah, I was getting at, it, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, this is what I've noticed. Um, also, you got to think, is, is, is two-thirds of the propaganda that is being pumped out. And see, we live in a society, it's been said, there's enough propaganda in our society that makes Stalin blush in today's society, right? Especially yes, with all the yes, technology yes, and are, rise and shit like that. Well, bear bear this in mind. Let me finish my point here real quick. I'll give uh, I'll give the my back to you, but I just want to finish making my point. Bear this in mind: two thirds of the propaganda is being aimed at women. That means that means the the, the psychologically, as far as the propag propaganda goes, they got they've got like a lot more propaganda aimed at them than we do than we do as us us guys because they use the women to keep the men in in line. That's how the propaganda machine works, you know.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, and and this I'll I'll go into the for example the Asian propaganda thing. Okay, so the the women over there, and I'm generalising, right? But the men would marry these women that they would lust after, get married, and then all of a sudden they have these these women have brothers, right? All of a sudden they're in this family, and the, you see the men in the beginning of the relationship, the women would be trotting behind them. Then at the end of the relationship, these men are following the women with the children, and they're kind of stuck, you know. Because the women call yeah. it shots over there, and and what was interesting when I was there, the men, the Asian men, would had this expectation of me because I was a Westerner, and so they all thought, you know, I'm the biggest uh, floozy on earth, and based on what they had been fed about, you know, from what came through from the Western culture is, you know, that we're all like Beyonce or <laughs> it's like, and we're all loose, and that's their programming. So they wouldn't they wouldn't touch their women. They wouldn't um, d- approach their women. I'm um, saying, making it really and what you got to bear I in mind that, too
2: is the yeah. attack on men is bigger than feminism. It's more about gynocentrism, period. Because there's other forms of gynocentrism. Like if you look at, the, if you look at like like say a lot of uh, places in the all right, say for example, where they promote traditional conservatism. A lot of that, too, is anti male. It's pretty much just right wing feminism. You know, we're still all about, you know, where the man's got to do all the hard work and the grind, and the man's got to be a, a disposable utility and take care of something. I mean, we're all the way to still put on the man, you know. I mean, so, I mean, all cultures, propaganda, pretty much all cultures for the most part, with the exception of maybe, and I'd say maybe, some, some cultures in the Middle East, I'm not really that. Familiar. I don't have that much experience of dealing with Middle Easterners or, or Muslims. With that, with that possible exception, I mean, like, but I mean, mo- most of civilization generally, like the way the propaganda machine works is, is it's going to be ghano because that's the engine for selling propaganda.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar you know, with Middle Eastern cultures either, but I will tell you that I always thought it was amusing that we've got one half of the world with plastic boobs and tiny little bikinis running around, and bunny ears on their head. And the other half of the world are dressed up like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And they're both saying they feel liberated. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> just Yeah, like, you
3: know.
1: That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why, why do women, okay, friend-zone men? Why do women what? Friend-zone men. Now, remember when I talked to you about uh, women don't want to just be friends? Right, right. Okay, but what they don't understand here is the women are just as messed up as the men. Yep. If you're ever going to have a successful relationship, the foundation is you have to be able to be friends first.
1: Absolutely.
0: So when the woman tells you you're just a friend and don't go any further, runs after the bad boy, it's because she's following the programming. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. Building, yeah. It's like what he said when he came into the show. You're building a foundation on quicksand, on a fault line that's getting ready to go off, and then you can't figure out why the relationship don't work. See, this is why women that he's talking about put guys in a friend zone, because they're going with the programming, the social conditions. They don't even know that what they're doing is wrong. And they'll never have a successful relationship because they don't know what they're doing. They're just as messed well, when, up as the men. For, for, from my yeah.
2: observation, what happens to a lot of these young women? These, these women are like the, really the hot and popular girls when they're in high school, or even if they're just average. I mean, hell, they're still pretty much a celebrity in today's society. But, um, you know, what happens is once they hit their 30s or 40s, once they hit post wall, uh, and you know other bad boys don't want to have nothing to do with them anymore. And it's getting to a point now where a lot of nice guys don't want to have anything to do with them anymore either. Um, you mm-hmm. know uh, what happens is a lot of them end up uh, bitter and alone with, with with a bunch with a house full of cats.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have two nieces, and one is I think she's seventeen. One's twenty-one, and I'm watching them on like Facebook and. Uh, and you can really see the programming at work. And it's tougher, I think, for this generation because we didn't have social media when I was growing up. Thank God. But they, you know, because they're getting bullied, they're, you know, they're sexting and then someone's going to, you know, threatening to publish a nude photo of so-and-so and, you know, <laughs> then and they've got um, exposure to a lot more, um, uh, you know, the tools of popularity, like how many likes you have on your Facebook page is very important for that particular age group and that age bracket, and then they all take selfies constantly and um and it's all about attracting the other sex they get the other they find a boyfriend or whatever, and then it's uh, there's you know he liked somebody else 's page or something. it's all <laughs> it just gets ridiculous and yeah. i'm watching it i 'm watching this program take place.
0: Yeah. Programming and it's happening right in your face and so you don't really brought up the friend zone, that's really what it is.
1: Yeah. So women yeah. women friend zone guys because of the programming. Right. I was I was lucky yeah. in that the particular job that I had, I worked with a lot of men and I have a lot of respect for these particular men. They were brothers in arms and um we toured a lot together. And so we would be sharing snippets of our lives on these long drives and whatever and um, and really, really became close like friends, almost like family. I also knew that these guys had wives and girlfriends and I was really cautious, you know, if there are certain subjects I think that should only remain between an intimate couple. And so I wouldn't go into those zones. And if I felt that a woman was questioning my intention, I, I really made it a point to... Uh, let her know that I was in no way threat to that relationship, and that, and and she would become my friend too. And, um, I, but because of that, because I've I've kind of been that way, a lot of men don't like that part about me because I do have male friends, and they are just friends, and they've been friends for years and years. But but I've found it difficult when I've gone into a new when I used to date. If I tried to explain that to these people, they they would question it and um, get very uncomfortable around that. So, yeah. Yeah. And-
0: I like Aaron's comments
1: here.
0: Mhm. own is like cataloging, whereas a man has to search for a needle in a haystack. Okay, girls have a grocery store to walk through. <laughs> would you like to be, okay, would you like to buy some
1: rubber? And nipples. <laughs> yeah. Why uh, do women friends and...
2: What's interesting, too, and I brought this up before, is, um, you know, because I think most people at the propaganda level, whether consciously or subconsciously, sometimes you'll even hear them say things. that kind of tell of this, man. They, they've been brainwashed to think. That they're uh, protecting the gene pool, men and women alike, or they're, they're protecting the gene pool from quote imperfect genes by pushing out mostly guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know. But here's the thing, you know, um, you know, if it's so great for the gene pool for society, you know, to there and keep pushing all these people out, well, do want to ask Japan how that's working for them because Japan is in a crisis now.
1: Japan is in crisis.
2: Yeah, yes, look at the herbivore movement.
1: Okay. No, I. I what happened one, is,
2: maybe? what's happened is, as men, women aren't getting together anymore, man. You know, there's a lot of this same stuff we have like going on here, and herbivore movement is pretty much like their version of MIGTO. like uh, you know, where they just walked away from it, and now the government's trying to. You know, come in and give men incentive to want, or give people incentive to want to have sex and make babies and or whatnot, and because because they're just not having anything to do with each other anymore. I think technology also probably plays some part in that. Um, You know, um, to be fair, um, of course now they're building these uh, the sex bot revolution, which is coming out of Japan.
1: I laughed my head off. There was a meme that they put up about these uh, child sex bots for pedophiles because they and the rationale oh was that okay, it's not going to help, it's it's not going to hurt children, you know. Yeah, I know. And I'm thinking, well, okay, well, let's have a pedophile bot so we can show kids what what a predator looks like and what their behaviours are like, and let the kids kick the crap out of them at the end of it. <laughs> no one gets hurt, right? <laughs> it's like,
2: yeah, yeah, you know. Only problem about yeah, is you talk probably, about a robot is probably it's probably far stronger than than a normal human being.
1: That's true too. Yeah, but what what the danger is there is, and and you know men are going to fall into that trap, or or maybe some women too. The the whole sex with a robot thing, they're going to be um, like a computer. They're going to take down every little like that you have, every dislike you have, and somewhere that information will be used against you. You know,
2: they're yeah, like little you know.
1: walking honey traps. Yeah.
2: They're right, the like
1: right spy bots. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. But it, isn't it sad that we get to the point that we we can't... It's a community... Our only communic I guess this is it. You know, the technology, like I said, the downside of it is that we, we're we into sound bites, quick grabs, you know, fast conversation. And if, you, if this photo doesn't please me, that's it. I'm on to the next person, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah, yeah I'm i I'm I've not I've not had the guys' experience here that the the level of rejection that I'm seeing talked about.
0: Um uh, you remember uh you remember right when we were first we talked uh that we first met? You remember I told you there was a lot of rejection on the guy's side? Yeah. The majority yeah. of the women don't even see them doing it. And what women do acknowledge it. Unfortunately, I'm going to tell you something that's very true. And this actually came from a 55 year old RN all about nine years ago. She made a statement to me don't never let a woman know she's hurt you because a woman will go out of her way to continue to hurt you over and over and over again because of booster ego. Wow. Okay. And we pay attention. There's a lot of women out here, unfortunately, that have actually seen and know the conditioning and the programming, what's happening to men, and they actually get a power clip on it they get an eagle. And they let their eagle like run wild. Like- and when they do that, they will go out of their way to destroy them. But unfortunately, when you have women doing this, it makes it hard for every other guy out there. So what you're seeing here and witnessing is the results of continuous rejection and women who are abusing the power they've been given. Because no man, no woman belongs to having power over another. But you can't control what's been done to us because this is all deliberate. It's programming that's been done to everybody, men and women alike. And when you, oh, him, I you know well, we're not one. If you put this around, and if you put men in the position women was with the same programming the other way around, it would be just as bad. Just power absolutely corrupts Okay. Okay? Because
1: yeah, cause I think that the programming that I'm looking at that I had to shake and still you know I'm not a, I'm not fully awake I go through stages you know so it's like I, until I talked to you Bill I wasn't aware I knew about cultural Marxism but I wasn't fully aware of the extent of the programming that has been used to divide the genders and um, you know the way that I've been trained is and, and through my experience but see how the training led me to make help led me to make the choices that I made, which were bad ones, which led me to a state of complete mistrust. And um, then you get that mistrust reinforced, which is, you know, men are bad, men are the bad guys, men are, you know, they're only after one thing, blah, 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 all of that, you know. So, yeah, that's the programming that I, I'm shaking off. Yeah. Well, something so I, would like know, I know, I know, How- Warren.
0: <laughs> Go
2: ahead. As a, uh Amethyst wrote, Japan is having severe infertility issues due to the 311 Fukushima nuclear disaster in which three reactors had meltdown. Over 100,000 women had abortions after it happened due to deformities. Yeah, but you remember uh, uh, Hiroshima bomb, right, that, uh, that was probably far more disastrous than that was, and yet they still produced generations after that. Um, I'm not saying I might not have some part in it, man. But you know, you gotta think. Why is it the Japanese government is trying to is trying to offer incentive and financial payments and shit like this for for people to have, to, to get together and have sex and have relationships? I mean, dude. I mean, I'd would severely. I mean, I'd I'd surely recommend looking into the herbivore movement. What's going on in Japan? I'm not. I'm not saying that 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 this nuclear shit might not have some part in it, man. I mean, but hell, you know what? Think about this too, man. If you want to go the nuclear route, we've got microwave ovens in our kitchen, man. Okay, now that might not be as 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 nuclear as a big nuclear meltdown, but in small increments over a long period of time, you could at some level you could say pretty much most of the West of the Western world. Has, uh, has contaminated their DNA w- w- with nuclear material because of eating out of a microwave.
0: Well, you got that, and then you have the other aspect behind it. You have the high population of men that's been wounded that hurt to all of us. Women is correct. I mean, you know, I've seen the comments on women, and of course, mm-hmm. I will always tell you this does not apply to every single female. You have to look. Uh, you have to look at the programming first. And- Let's go with the fact that you think it's an accident that they made a doll that was human-sized with human type healing skin with the sexual organs to be exact significance of a woman, and they were charging $5,000, and there's guys buying them, and now they're making sex robots? Do you think all of that's an accident? No, they're not. No, that's not an accident. They created the division. Yeah. They knew because they've studied the human mind for years and years and years. They already knew what the women would react and what they would do and what the outcome would be. They gave you phony solutions like PUA, the Pickup Artists in History, as I've talked about before. They made you MRA, Men's Right activist with Paul Elam, who was replaced by Karen Stroud. Okay, so now the men's movement's run by a female. As you all know, and you'll notice that MRA never looks for the cause, the actual cause. They chase after symptoms. When you bring up the actual cause, they'll dodge it, dart it, and never acknowledge it because they can't because it's problem, reaction, solution. What
2: happened to MRA, they became the new feminist movement because they have... Reverted back to the very root that liberal feminism grew out of, which was gynocentric conservatism. And that's what I was talking about earlier. And what's happened is there are women out there we call them chameleons that pretend to be down with the idea, pretend to be down with the cause, and they're there to infiltrate. They're they're, they're not really yep. there because they give a fuck about men. They, they claim to be anti feminist but they are not against feminism because they care about men. They're against feminism because. Feminism has let them down as women. And so, the, uh, there, yeah, a lot of these types of tra- traditionalist women that are are jumping into the MRA's reaction to all this liberalism now. And what's happening is a lot of them have kind of hijacked it. I mean, you know, it's a men's rights movement that's being led by a woman. Think about that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Talking about Madonna and Sea Hat. <laughs> yeah. You know? I hey, mean, don't. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. You know, uh, there was that was watching. That's um, watching a program in action.
2: Yeah, well, that's really what it is. It's like it's like right wing feminist. If you look at me, they use the same shaming tactics against men. They promote. I mean, all about male disposability in the name of chivalry and all this stuff. Equal rights without equal responsibilities. Yeah. That's yeah,
3: feminism. Yeah,
2: know. You know? <laughs>
3: That's just the
1: other that, and feminism. That, yeah, just that um, simple thing, too. This, I mean, a simple act, that, you know, n- never occurred to me, that simple act. Do I open the door? If I open the door for her, is she going to think that I, I'm not chivalrous? But if I open the door, is she going to think that I'm uh, <laughs> I'm saying she can't open the door for herself? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, whatever you guys do.
0: It yeah. Is. You're in a rock. You're in a rock and hard spot, you know. So to me, I got you know, I think Kevin Ann on this show is going to be a big positive thing for a lot of people. But also, you know, and for women to be able to hear another female up here, they might stop and listen a little harder. And of course, you know, that's not going to be all women. There's other women that's going to come along that may want to attack her. How dare you speak the truth or how dare you whatever, okay, because we know how the division is, but if she can reach a few women and get them to back off and think about what they're doing, and if the guys up here that are living this really hard, they're hurting a lot her side and what she's gone through and what she feels and why she done what she done when she's done what she's going up, and might be able to help you relate to. How successful they are with the
1: programming. Because it's um world. Just reading a comment here by Jay Skillawful. Um, Jorskillaful. Women don't care about whatever pain men go through with constant rejection because they have no problem getting into relationships and they go on to have a man while us men are forced into solitude. That's awful. It's so sad. Um that's true and it's true and it's true i mean women hey if,
2: yo, can
3: you can't yell yeah,
1: if, sure. if i could show you my uh, dating uh, profile i only put it up and it was up like 5 minutes and all of a sudden i had like all of these uh men like uh you know asking for and i couldn't i couldn't do it i i ended up not going i went into my own solitude because i was overwhelmed and it felt fake to me it felt like i feel, i couldn't go I felt like you did, just like in a supermarket. I, I, like no, I, I, <laughs> this isn't the right way to meet somebody for me, for me anyway. And th- and I do agree with that. Narcissistic personality disorder is growing, and I think you know you only have to look at the dating profiles. We're all trying to put on a, our best face and you know show ourselves well, but we're missing out on. What the person sounds like um, we're, we're missing out on what the person smells like we're missing out on the little facial expressions and bodily lang body language and those sorts of things that that are important as well when we just do that hey. you know that well, Even thing. when it comes
2: to things like facial expressions and bio, like some people like myself, for instance, man, I like I'm autistic or I'm, I'm Asperger's. So I don't pick up those things very well. But I mean, to me, that's not right. an excuse as to why, as as to why I'm pushed out. I mean, because to me, like okay, you know, I could I can look I can sit down with somebody and hold a conversation and look at them in the eye and get to know them as a person. They can do the same to me and, and learn to see past a minor a, a minor dis, disorder like that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you know, I mean,
1: so why, wait, so I'm trying to think. Maybe it sounds like an expectations that women's expectations of men are ridiculously like, like the men are telling me here after money, ATMs, and good looks, money, ATM, and that's it, and goodbye. That's basically
0: it. You have people like Dan and Jen on YouTube that I told you about that was up there pushing dating topics. And Jen encouraged women to write down all their expectations that they wanted a man on paper. It didn't matter how many sheets it was. And to never date or accept being with a guy unless they meant them acceptations. <laughs> 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 you know, the, the women didn't have to have any expectations. Just the guy has to meet them all for her. Mm. It was all about her. You know, and I've told people before, don't even go there. If she's got a list of expectations she expects of you as the man, she better damn what she wants you to own a house, she better own a house herself. If you gotta have a high-paying job, she better have a high-paying job. And if she don't like that, then she better throw that list away it's not how you create a relationship
1: that's how you destroy it yeah because suddenly one one thing on the list isn't ticked off or one thing is oh I see it's a bit suspect this person doesn't have you know black shoes or whatever it is Um, my brother I have a brother who's two years younger than me and he was in an appalling marriage with a very abusive female and um, he and I it actually brought he and I close because we had similar experiences. I don't know what that says about our childhood, but um, we didn't. You know, my parents were pretty good when we were growing up, I think. And he, I, I guess we were both, um, we compassionate people, I guess. And he, he was married to a woman. She was a singer, and. Um, Oh my God, she threw a high chair at his head, she threw a knife at him, and he had two daughters, he he didn't want to leave, and he ended up leaving, he gave her the house, um, she got custody of the daughters, but he had them there most of the time, these are the two nieces that I'm talking about who are now 16 and 18, or 21 and 17, I keep losing their age, they're um. They grew up tough watching mum and dad go through what they went through, but they have a very, very narcissistically disordered mother. Um, And he is kind of a very uh, macho kind of guy and didn't want to talk about what he went through very much because um, it's just not accepted in the culture generally that men are abused as well and that men experience violence and um, it's it's almost treated like a joke.
2: And what ends up yeah, happening? Totally. That's why. That's why. That's why men have a higher suicide rate because these problems build up and build up and build up, and they have nowhere to go. Also, figure that domestic violence is about fifty-fifty, right? And there's no shelter for battered men, you know. And men don't get mm-hmm. no sympathy, so they've learned that they have nowhere to go. You know, they, I mean, they can't even go to other gods. Other guys gods shame them for having problems, so they got nowhere to go. So yeah, that's but, why they end up offing themselves.
0: That's it, because they okay. get slammed by other men. They get told by society that it's just a man up. Okay, that's as simple as that. Man up, bend over, take it, and shut your mouth.
1: That's really the message that's given to men. Yeah. And yeah, he uh, yeah, i I definitely we I think Bill and I talked on that before the show so like I'm definitely in favour of men's shelters. Um, I, but then you've got the stigma that society is going to place on men who go who use those shelters, you know, so it's going to take some time for people to to accept that the reality that there are just as many men out there getting abused in relationships as women. Yeah,
0: they're laughed at. You know, women could literally, in today's society, women could literally rape a man. And if the man went and told somebody, he'd be laughed at. Right. Like, all the guys were shaming. The courts would
1: laugh at him, and he'd be laughing too. Right, right. And so, We were talking about that, too, yeah. weren't we, about how the legal system is making a lot of money out of a lot of breakups.
0: Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> It's a big money laundering racket. Let's keep them all divided. Let's make yeah. sure they get together long enough to break up because of the social conditioning. And we'll make a lot of money
1: off their breakups.
3: Yeah. Here's the thing Amethyst.
1: Yeah. Did you see that comment too,
2: Warren? Yeah.
3: It the says,
1: it says
2: men are also more successful at committing suicide. Women are, make more attempts than men do. I would like to address that. Um, you know, I think the here, here's the thing you got to bear in mind: suicidal people, regardless of gender, is that a lot of them. Um, see, a lot of people will automatically say that if somebody makes an unsuccessful attempt at suicide, that they're just looking for attention. And there probably are a lot of women out there that do make uh, fake attempts just for attention. Um, but there's also a lot of people out there who are actually suicidal, who have or still have a hard time committing the act, and they may, they might make several unsuccessful attempts before they they finally uh, strike out at some point because uh, I've been suicidal myself in the past, and I can tell you it's not easy to do. Even if you think that you definitely want to die, it's not easy to do. There's a survival mechanism in your brain that stops you.
0: I was one on that because I went through a lot of trauma myself a few years back. People should remember it. I went down to the basement where my brother was living, I sat down, I had a bottle of 300 extra-strength Tylenol, a bottle of, uh, uh, what was it, um, Elise? had a couple hundred of them. I popped well over 100 Tylenol. And you know what happened? I thought about my son. Stop.
2: Yeah.
1: And then Amethyst says, you're right, women do make fake attempts to kill themselves and i'm I'm gonna address the programming on that one too. How many movies do you see where you know it's that um I'm probably going back um pre eighties you a because uh, 'cause they're going for the independent strong warrior woman thing now, but before that there was always that um you know the poor woman who needed to be rescued and
2: <laughs> yeah, you know well,
0: you want that you' gonna do is watch a Lifetime movie. And the guy will always be the villain. And the woman will always be the victim. Okay? And
1: the guy will be the bad guy. Well, yeah. it's the bad guy, and then it's the good guy who comes to rescue her. Right. <laughs>
0: so wasn't, we yeah.
1: about wasn't
0: we talking about this before the show, ends, where you were talking about how many groups of women that you saw were actually bitter and hateful to men?
1: Sorry, say that again? Women who hate men. One. Women who hate men. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, the, I have certain have encountered female friends along my ways, so and many no longer friends, who the only um, bond was, you know, the rotten man, the horrible man. Da da da. And they get together. And you know, when you're when you're going through a breakup or something, it's good to be able to tell your story, and it's good to have female company and get your story validated but there comes a point when they're almost inciting you into like revenge you know well he did this so we're gonna go and smash his car or we're gonna and it's like no no that's that's (laughs) and then that's the only bond of friendship i had with these women these are not not friends anyway you know i don't know how it is i'm I'm sure guys have a similar i'm I'm not sure but and I'm just generalizing again. That's just based on my own experience. And that's only some women. I know other women that have genuinely gone through hard times. Um, yeah. And, and okay, I can tell you, one of the relationships I was in, I, I, um, the guy had debt. He had two sons and he had a debt, you know, for uh, two credit. He'd given his son a cre- his credit card and they ran it up. So he had this huge debt and he was living in a trailer and blah 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 and I moved in, we we moved in for about two years together and I worked three jobs and paid off his debts and um and not long after the debts were paid off he was gone. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So, you know <laughs> it works <laughs> the other way sometimes too. Um I wasn't I've never been a wealthy person and I've never gone for wealthy men and I you know, I've never I've never judged someone by how much money they make. Um I was raised to think that people were more important than things. So I'm sorta of grateful yeah. for that foundation. But that came from my family.
0: That's it. Well you know, there are women like that, you know. You have women out there that are gold diggers and all they care about is what the guy makes. Yeah, But you also have women out there that are not goat diggers, care what the guy has. Okay? So you can't label the goat digging women to, oh, that's all women. That's not all women.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah and I agree with that, what you said.
0: Well, I was just going to say, it's no different than the man. The man that abuses the woman, that's not every single man. The problem society has is you want to label all genders, and it doesn't apply to it doesn't apply to everybody. You got a bad apple in the bunch of the guys. That don't mean every guy would be that way, and it's the same with the women. Go ahead, Juan.
2: Well, I was going to say is about the people first, things second, and I agree with that. But um, here's the thing: if you look at um some cultures, like right now, like are a good shining example of this. Like, if you look at, like, say, for example, Southeast Asia, where um, people are, are, are desperately poor out there, right? And you'd think that would yeah. bring families closer together, but um, but you got parents out there. Selling their own children into sex slavery, you know, you know, in order to get out of poverty or to have nice things. That, to me, that's disgusting. That's revolting. I mean, you know, okay, maybe I'm not dealing with their level of poverty, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm being realistic here. I mean, even if I was dealing with that kind of level of poverty, it doesn't excuse that kind of behavior.
1: I agree with you on that, too. And, and I've never been that into that level of poverty, so I don't know. And if this country keeps, you know, Australia and the West keep going the way we're going, maybe we get that taste of that. But um, I, I hope not. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I remember in Bali, in Indonesia, you know, you get mobbed. You get mobbed by people trying to sell you stuff, so, you know, and then because the automatic thing is that because you're a Westerner, you've got lots of money. That, that's just an automatic that what they and of course you know we do to, comparatively we do have more money but but we're not as not all as wealthy as they they are led to believe in the east either um, yeah, you know. but yeah that, that's horrible Yeah, the sex trafficking yeah selling your kids to to get a bag of rice yeah yeah it's a reality
2: that's inexcusable to me because, like, I look at it like this way, man, too. You know, even if the government outlawed it, you can still do it illegally. Like, look, you know, anybody can go out there and go fishing or go hunting for a meal if, they actually, if it came down to it.
1: I mean, you know, there's, there's... You know, even if
2: the government outlawed it, do it illegally. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, but it's better than selling your fucking kids into goddamn... I mean, that's not, you know... Because in the West, we like we, people like to generally think that that, that that most people are have such strong family bonds, but poverty tests that man. I and mean, what you would find out a lot of the times, man, is a lot of these bonds, are, you know, these blood bonds, are, are about as thin as water, man. I mean, some people are real, real family members and really look out for their family. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't. And, you know, blood doesn't necessarily mean that somebody can be trusted. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, blood doesn't necessarily define family. I'm sorry, go go ahead. Go
1: ahead, Bill, Anon Blue is asking your question. It's directed to you.
2: Yeah. It says, uh, Anon Blue, he says, I want a woman to take care of me for life or she goes to prison. Oh,
1: no, no, no. that <laughs> one I on, Blue. That was... No, I'm How's missing. Other... He missed it. <laughs> I might see it easier.
0: Maybe put in your question capital letters, Bill, might see it easier. Okay, well, the question was about accelerating uh, the collapse of society. I think that's what he's talking about. And accelerating the collapse of society, I think, would wake a whole lot of people up. But it's not going to fix the yeah. problem unless people are willing to change themselves and start treating people the way they want to be treated themselves. There's no bias being said here. That applies to women and men both. All genders had to start looking at each other as human beings with emotions and feelings and wants and needs and respect each other's feelings and stop playing the damn game of running each other over. And hurting other people Game has never belonged in the dating arena But what do you hear from Everyone all around you? you Gotta have game to get a
1: date What is game? Lies and manipulation yeah. I'm gonna just quickly Recap on something you said Warren About the, the east and the Poverty and how that and, You know the disintegration Of the family or Disintegration of values that come with that I wonder if that's by design because then you've got, you know, a population of Westerners who are all feeling all lonely, right? And so then you've got a whole bunch of people who are willing to sell off their daughters for a bag of rice or or desperate to get out of the situation you're in. And um, And it's not just Westerners
2: that are going through TFL. People all, men all over the globe are going through TFL.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
2: So this is yeah okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying though, you know, because if you think about a lot of these sex towards these wealthy men, which are mostly Westerners who've. Uh, a lot of, a, a lot of them, not all of them, a, a lot of them were guys that probably were pushed out, but not not, not all guys that are, that are pushed out are gonna are gonna do shit like that. There's a lot of them that are probably weren't guys that are pushed out. They're just pervs. Um, but a lot of these people are westerners that go to these sex tourist places out there and in, 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 in Southeast Asia. I can't deny that, you know, because that's the truth.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But um, you know, so you might have something there. You know, at the same time, you know, it's their own people. That's they're that's selling, it. they're selling their own children off the damn streets. So they're, they're implicit too. So, you know, right. there's enough blame to go around. Like everything, you know, if I want to, you know, be able to look at situations, okay, we're going to blame them, we're going to blame them, but it's not always that simple. I mean,
1: yeah. you know, and he, my thing too. is like, where did perversion come from? Where did we get? Where did we become a sexually deviant? Or sections of our culture get become so sexually deviant anyway. What what led to that? What led to, you know, you want me to tell you what here? led to it.
2: I'll tell you. I'll tell you yeah. what led to it. One, they replaced love with lust, right? And Western culture being the springboard for the rest of the world, right? America particularly, okay. They they flooded the market with sex, 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 sex. and then on top of that. You created this, this growing pocket of men who were being pushed out.
0: Well, Warren, you also have something else that was before your time. Back in the 50s, we had a hippie culture. In the hippie culture, they promoted open and free sex. And if you go back yeah. to the sexual pollution, when they were promoting open and free sex, you had orgies going on. During that culture, yeah. that was the start of bringing sex into society and breaking down the morals and destroying people morally and spiritually. And that was the
1: start back then, at least yeah. in the U.S. And it was almost like it, there was a Hegelian dialect, dialectic around that too, because you got the Hugh Hefner on one side, and then you got the um the sort of Puritan, uh, you know, Protestant church ethic, morality, which is kind of very rigid. On the other, you know, so you, yeah.
2: Yes, two He's extremes. All right, on liberal and conservative. One one of them's way too lax about it. The other is way too militant about it.
1: Yeah, but it still was the you focus. know Sex was the focus. You know. Yeah.
2: I don't have a problem with uh, with sex and its proper boundaries. It shouldn't be made public like, soci- like in society. Sex and its proper boundaries between a man and a woman or between two people who love one another and who care about one another in the privacy of their own bedroom is fine. There's not a problem, even if it's for pleasure. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's natural. I don't have an issue I with think. that. You know? But I have an issue when they start teaching it to our kids and stuff at such a young age and they plaster it all over... Everywhere you look, and I mean, it's became the backbone of our
1: society. It shouldn't be that. Right, right. Um, you know, I'm just uh, distracted by this last comment. What I really hate about women, especially white women, is they flirt with you. In my case, I'm in my early 20s, and when they flirt back, they say, "Nope, you're too young. I need somebody older." They might be actually doing you a favor there. That's telling you that they. Um, they, you know, they're looking gold for an age-appropriate sort of boundary around their sex life. So, but you still well, got the confidence.
2: I have a theory too, and maybe maybe you can enlighten me on this since you are a woman. I don't know what sure. what, what your experience with this is, but 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 I'm curious about this. They say too part of the reason why some women are going for older men. I'm sure a lot of it is because a lot of them are gold diggers. But at the same time. You know we live in a society where there's a major father crisis, and a lot of women they they grow up without a dad without a daddy figure and they're looking for some guy to be that daddy figure
1: right um, you Definitely know. a father figure replacement i mean in that I think somewhere some study I read somewhere along the line, but who knows if that study you know i'm I'm cynical about studies anymore too but um they were saying that if uh the, the male in her life, the first male, is the father, and that will be like the imprint of the kind of male character that you would look for in your in your partner later in life. But in my case, I can't really say that that's true because you know that one guy was very violent, and my father was definitely not a violent man. Um, I did choose that that particular Native American that I was with was an elder in his tribe. He was a pipe carrier, and he was twenty years older than me. And I very consciously thought he will be fine because he's twenty years older. He'll be more settled. He won't have all of these, you know. He will be, and he's gonna, you know. I went with that whole romantic dances with wolves. Oh, he's an elder, you know. But it was completely the opposite. Completely the opposite experience. So yeah, yeah. Um, you just, I'm trying to. I'm, my my situation is different because my I made really bad choices and I'm trying, for where I'm at, I'm trying to figure out what the programming, all the different imprinting and programming that has played a part in me making those choices and try, try to be more conscious and definitely less hurtful. Now I'm reading, you know, the amount of hurt that this kind of rejection causes. Um to be really conscious of my interactions with men you know Um, but I'm trying to I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to understand um, the male point of view on this you know like there's a lot of mistrust towards us uh, towards women for good reason looks like Um, yeah and I think the narcissistic thing it really comes down to that
2: yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot of mental illness being pro- being promoted through our society. A lot of it's because of propaganda. A lot of it's environmental, through uh, because our, our environment is controlled uh, through the, through our institutions and through people who run our institutions financially, and they use this to manipulate people and control people. And so, um, you know, that's why you hear people say all the time, "Oh, better product than environment." Well, you know. You choose to some extent whether or not you're you're a product of your environment you know if you if you if you choose to allow you know a hardship to be as an excuse to to knowingly do something wrong, then you're choosing to do that you know, I'm not saying that you are, but I'm saying for people out there in general in no,
1: anxiety,
2: I know. Yeah, I know. you know um but yeah we live in a society, and the problem with it is part of the the uh the big pharma and stuff like this like look they're out here. Giving people fake diagnoses and shit like that, and order and trash can diagnoses, just so they can sell pills to them. You know, there's another big agenda behind that. But I mean, you know, the the real disorders that are breeding society are the ones that go unnoticed and undiagnosed because because people think that is normal. You know, yeah. we're seeing like shades of uh, of Stalin Russia here, of sta- uh, shades of USSR, where if you if you disagree with the status quo, you're considered mentally insane. And that's where that's where it's moving yeah. towards.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they want to change those um the mental health uh some of the mental health guidelines or uh legislations now too. So that's kind of scary cuz especially when it's coming in with censorship. <laughs> well, yeah, scary, yeah. You can't trust big pharma, that's about money.
0: You can't even trust your hospitals or doctors. I wouldn't trust them with a the life of my life. Put it on it. Yes, they're there and they're supposed to be helping us to save our lives. And yes, they do some good, but they also, they're programmed like everybody else. They're not taught the truth when they go to school and the college. They're taught what they're allowed to be, knowing. You know, and that's it. Yeah. And then they yeah. teach you, Jenny. You know, the doctors will kill you. You get cancer, and you find out real quick. You get cancer, you're better off to go with alternative solutions. I wouldn't even go that way. But that's off topic. That's for another show. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I'm i trying to think. Yeah. My brain's trying to go to solutions already. And these are not, this is just such an ingrained thing. In yeah, the I've country. been
0: myself for a long time. And I think it's great having Anna as part of the show. I really do. Thank you. Um, Thanks
1: for letting me be here.
0: And I'm hoping that eventually more women will hear Anne as we do the shows, think about what she's saying and want to anticipate in this show. And for the guys in this show, you need to welcome the women aboard. They're willing to come into this show. This is not going to be about arguing or fighting. We need to cut through the programming and division because if we can't cut and start somewhere, we can never fix it.
2: I will say this, yeah. we, we 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 should definitely allow honest women in, but you do have to be on the lookout for the chameleons because they've already wrecked the men's rights movement and they try to deal with MGTO uh, and everything else. Now, uh, at the same time, there are also male chameleons. There are also infiltrators, government agencies like that that could infiltrate the show. So, I mean, you got to be worried for that too, but... Uh, you know, not make it entirely a gender thing, you
0: know. Well, no, you know, that's the thing. The thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell people right up to understand the intent behind this is needed to happen for a long time now. Is to try to reach both genders and try to get people's genders to understand on common ground what the has done to them, for them, how it's destroying their own life. So that hopefully we can eventually turn some of that programming around that in the long run is going to help men and women both. I I can guarantee you, Ann, don't like to see all this hurt hurt, that's been laid on men. No more than I like seeing it. But we have to find his pups, to start fighting back and to try to turn the program around. Because if we don't start somewhere, you get nowhere. This can never always be just for men to come and whine. They we're looking for solutions. To find solutions, we have to get both genders involved. Because this is yeah. affecting both yeah. genders.
2: I've always done that, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, I, I've always done it. I, 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 You know, I mean, I'll... Uh, you know, I call men out, too. I mean, I don't call men out on the things that society expects me to call them out for, because they, they expect me to go along with this whole, uh, the patriarchy propaganda or whatnot. I mean, but I, I hold men at fault. I mean, collectively, there are isolated situations where there are actual rapes and things like that, and, you know, they're wrong for that. But, I mean... Collectively, on a ground scale, I generally hold men more accountable for enabling this attack on, on against men, for men turning against their fellow man, uh, you know, in order to... Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of this, uh, this gynocentrism and all this stuff, man. I mean, you know, it, it, well, it, I, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be possible if it weren't for men enabling it.
0: Well, you know, i, you I know, think on that. The fact that when the TFLers says they're living TFL because of the female... They would, that would be a correct answer. But what Warren is talking about, I have to stand with him on because, for one, the programming is the reason the women go the way they go, just like men do. For two, because men have had all the responsibility laid on them, on them and the women do the choosing, the guy has to do all the work of the impressing, the woman's not can't possibly pick every guy that she meets. And so men have gotten so desperate as this is a sport, an arena, a competition that we don't care who we jump on. We'll throw our best friend, male friend, under the bus just to get to put our genitals inside some woman and throw her away. Meanwhile, you'll jump all over your best friend and throw him under the bus because you think it's all a game. The more women you're with, that makes you a better man or more of a man. And it doesn't make you more of a man. It means you're dumber. you've fallen for the propaganda and you're treating other people the exact way you'd never want to be done yourself.
2: Yeah, you know.
1: Okay, I can give you an example of, and you guys can tell me if you think this was insensitive. And um, to Toronto, you said, um, wasn't that discrimination to your question? I would suggest that, um, depending on what the communication you had with her was that she was possibly being quite insensitive to you and your situation. But I'll, I'll tell you what I did. I, the very last date I went on, I was going out with this guy, and he'd obviously dated a lot of hookers, and he was very much into pornography, and he wanted me to, you know, dress up. And, yeah, I can do the star jumps, and the, you know, <laughs> we can all do that and put makeup on and blah, blah. But I just sort of thought, no, I want to be real. I want to be who I am. I'm not going to be go into i'm not going to be participate in this fantasy that he has in his head and i can't feed these expectations he's got because i will never be enough and i tried very hard to tell him that you know i did i did tell him and i i also said um that you know i probably wasn't the right partner for him because it sounded like he needed someone flashy he needed someone who was into that that same kind of groove, that same kind of stuff he was into. And I wasn't. And I, but I, you know, I said we could still be friends, but he did not take it well. He did not take that well at all. And I did not mean it as a rejection, like of him as a human being. I just really didn't, I, I didn't have that, that one part, which is pretty important. The sex part, I didn't have that in common with him. And, um, what he was looking for, I could never fulfill. Um, and I was trying to be honest about it. So was that okay, or is that too was that too much of a rejection? Do you think?
0: I wouldn't call I mean, it. I mean, don't that I don't know. I'm there.
3: nobody's
2: I was... obligated to be with anybody. But, but I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody has a right to, to be with who they want to be with. But I mean. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the individual situation. I don't know enough about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm, I guess what I'm saying too is that, um, and women are not very good at it because we don't get rejected very much. Like in terms of like the, the dating thing, like you say, it's like we get, um, we're getting all kinds of people chasing us and all of that. So that gives us this false, um, idea that we're better than we are. Um, but, uh, and also indicates just how many lonely men there probably are out there as well, which is sad. That, it's, um, that I noticed
2: too. I mean, a lot of women. Okay, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it all about sex. Our society's made it all about sex. I'm just saying, a lot of women gravely uh, overestimate what their sexual market value is, and that's why that's why you see women women who are like, let's say, maybe a, a, a three. Who think they're like uh, a seven <laughs> and don't turn down guys who are like fives and six who 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 are I mean you know I mean you know what I'm saying but like you like a guy yeah. like you know guys have to date down I mean
1: and here's here's the thing though you know I can I can be with a number ten looking guy but you know if he's not or me you know it doesn't matter what the person looks like if the person's not going to be there by your side when you're sick. You know, I had a friend whose son had Parkinson's disease. He was married and they had a child. When he was diagnosed yeah. with um, Parkinson's, oh no, it was multiple sclerosis. When he got diagnosed, she left him two weeks later, and she told him it was not what she signed up for. And um, so he had to go and live with his mum. He lost the house. He did get custody of the child because she didn't want that responsibility. And so the grandmother is now looking after the child, and it just boggles my mind. I'm like. But that, that is marriage. It's sickness and in health.
2: That's what it says, isn't that? The, uh, yeah. And so many people in, day, in today's society don't understand what a relationship is because you got kids having kids. man. they don't understand that if you really care about somebody, you're, you're by their side through thick or thin, you know. And to be honest with you, I, I know there are guys that will, the, 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 the will run out on women like that too, but generally speaking, from what I've seen, there there are guys that will stay by their woman. It's more likely the woman's gonna run out on 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 their man if he gets fucked up like that because she's been hit with so many more options than he is. Yeah,
0: yes. unfortunately you know, that's true. And the sad thing about that, even with that being true, what Warren just said, is the fact that this woman married him, the vows was there. Yeah. When he got diagnosed with that, by her doing that she only proved one thing.
1: What? She ever loved him to begin with. And but here's my thing, what why what kind of programming had she been given to think that marriage is a disposable thing? You know, that you just throw that's it away. You just the, that's what blew my mind is The programming still goes back. She was looking for
0: the provider.
1: Right, the, the provider, yeah. And you it's like he's no
0: longer the provider. How dare you! This means you're not going to be able to provide for me, and you're going to die young. So, and I'm going to go through.
1: I'm not going to stand by you with that. I want somebody that's going to go out there and be my ATM. Yeah, that um, someone just wrote a thing here. Sorry, Bill. That says um, his dad says he criticized a celebrity who he perceived as scrawny and wimpy for a celebrity who was more athletic and muscular. And see, that's another thing I don't prescribed to social pornography anymore either and I think celebrity gossip is nothing more than social pornography you know we've been somehow fed this idea somewhere way back that these people are stars and idols they're just human beings some of them are actors some of them sing a song really nice and that's it that's it that's all they do why are we so obsessed with who they marry and what they marry and who they screw and it's like it's it's, yeah what and that's to me part of the programming is that we are looking to these little fake leaders for our morality or our guideline on how to live lives. And this is arr, arr. And because that. That's dead. That's got to go. That's, that's over with, surely. <laughs> the programming is it, right? I mean, what is that?
0: M3? Okay, right there. It said again social programming led to the divorce. Yeah, amethyst. And, we're, and, we're correct, yes. and that would be a
2: correct
0: yeah. answer. Yeah. See that's actually. Yeah, important you
2: know, be because be. I remember back when I was a kid, I'm only thirty eight years old, man. Back in the back in the early to mid eighties. I'm not saying you didn't have some people that were already divorced and you did, but divorce wasn't nearly as big as it I'm like it started taking off like around the late eighties, early nineties. That's when you start seeing uh, families break up and, and, you know like, like a high divorce rate and things like that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I coincided yep. with a lot of feminism and things like that, and I've noticed at that time, too, TFL got a lot worse. Because, I like, look, at that time, I was in middle school, okay? Prior, like, in the early 90s, like, around ninety ninety one, I had several girls my age who were interested in me. At that time, I wasn't interested in them for other reasons. I had other things going on. I was still young. Right, I think I'd have the rest of my life to be able to, you know, flirt with women and be able to be with women and whatnot. So I won't, I won't focusing on it at that time. Well, that was around nineteen ninety ninety one. Well, by ninety ninety three ninety four, almost overnight, I was, I was completely cut off from women. I was, I was, I was full blown TFL.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You know. Wow. I mean, wow. you know, I, I never had no no explanation for it. I mean, I, I, at that time, I didn't understand what was going on. I just know I was constantly getting rejected. And if I tried to explain it to everybody, they'd shame me for even talking about it, you know. So I just said, well, what can I do, you know?
0: What happens to so many men, and when they try to tell people what's going on and the constant rejection, the first thing that happens is they're blamed for it by everybody around them. Change and blame.
1: Here's and here's the thing too. I think um, in our culture, you know, if if you're single, <laughs> you're an oddity for a start. Um, my, like I said, my situation's choice really. Although, because I made bad choices, so I'm trying to learn how to make good choices now. So I need to regroup but that loneliness is scary because you're vulnerable when you're lonely and someone shows you any kind of interest or affection you can so easily fall into a relationship and then find out it's toxic and you're trapped and because you're thinking oh do I stay in this really bad situation, or do I go back being lonely? <laughs> it's like, I can tell you from experience, it's better to be lonely. Oh well, right? yeah, there,
2: there have been times there, when I was—I had my first relationship at the age of 24, and uh, it, it, it lasted like maybe a couple of months. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying, man. I mean, you know, sometimes you know you can even be in a relationship and there's so much drama. You know, you're thinking, man, why am I even doing this? I mean, there, I mean, as a TFL guy who's lived this lifestyle myself, when you deal with when you eventually put up with enough drama, you'll be asking yourself, man, why am I even doing this? It was easier being TFL. <laughs> right,
1: right.
2: You know.
0: Now, James, I actually tell a lot of guys that are TFL, and they don't understand it, but I tell them, you better off to be alone. Nobody knows what they're doing. They don't know what love is. They love drama, and if you want drama and a miserable life, just
1: hurry up and get hooked up.
0: <laughs>
1: and and that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at now. It's mean, I... supposed to be drama, isn't it? Like That's what we've been taught, because how many movies do you see with People who are just sitting down having breakfast and a loaf of bread or something. <laughs> I could have gone you know, to And the, that's kind of where I'm have have at now. Like, I'm not
2: looking for a relationship now. Like, I'm kind of in a sense migtoe because I don't – I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible for me that I could get with a woman, but it's not very likely because I'm at the point right now where I'm kind of on the defense of – and, like, look, here's the thing about it. You know, you can only get knocked down so many times before eventually, you will, I mean, if you wise up, you're not, going to, you, you're not going to keep trying to crawl the ladder anymore because you already know you're going to keep getting pushed down. You can only be pushed down so many times. I'm at the point now, you know, especially looking at all the risk out there and how the risk are starting to outweigh the rewards in a lot of scenarios. You know, as a man, even if you do, quote, beat the odds, what's the prize? I mean, it's constant drama and being blamed for everything and having the laws work against you and everything else you know at this point man like, I'm fine being alone you know my sex drive's dying down a, little, a, a lot more now so I'm not as full of hormones and rage as I was when I was younger i'm not saying it's all about sex but you Let's, know i you mean know. i i um yeah
1: feel you totally feel you i i um for me I uh, shut down. I talk a good game. I sound very gregarious. I realize that. But I, I pretty much shut down for the last couple of years. And um, now I've been finishing. I finished up college. I got a new job. I'm doing all of that. And I'm paying back a loan, all of those things. But I'm not good. I know that with my relationship history and my finances and everything, that I'm not I'm not what you would call good on the market either. Um, so... And I just don't want to... I don't even know if I want to put myself through that anymore. <laughs> you know, um, the great thing about solitude is you can invest in yourself. I yeah, I do get lonely, but I don't... Because um, a lot of my friends, you know, are not awake as well. And so that that increases my sense of isolation. Um, You know, you get the tinfoil hat, you know, and you get dismissed and... Uh, written off as a conspiracy That's, theorist yeah. and everything else, so that, that doesn't That's the great
2: thing about solitude, is you don't have to worry about what other people think of you, and you can live for yourself, and you can do, you, can, you can devote your energy and time into what makes you happy, instead of having to compromise for someone else. This is true.
1: This is true. And
0: you I know. can eat what I want. When I- <laughs> yeah. I don't know was talking on here, or somebody, and he says in the day's concept, okay, the friend zone don't exist. And he tries to debate with me that the friend zone always existed. No, the friend zone didn't always exist. The friend zone is programming that unfortunately proves the female. Don't know what she's talking about, let alone do it. The friend, zone
2: became a thing. Some, the friend zone became a thing, I believe, sometime in the 90s, man, or in the, maybe even the early 2000s. It, it went around back in the 80s.
0: No, the friend zone's not always been here. The friend zone I've never heard anybody belong.
2: use the word friend zone back in the 80s.
0: No, and they don't even belong here. But it's here because people have been programmed. Yeah. Hmm. So I know what he's talking about, you know, and it's sad. It just shows how bad our society really is. People have been yeah. so, so So brainwashed.
1: Yeah, and, you you know, even when you do get in a relationship, too, then there's all of that social, there's a kind of pressure, you know, like women's magazines are terrible, you know. Does he do this for you? Are you doing that? How to please, you know, your man in bed while making a cafe latte and, Having multiple orgasms, you know. <laughs> it's like,
2: and it's all about it's how to like manipulate you know. men, right? That's what they always put in those like little right. magazines for right. women. Talk about manipulating men.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, manipulate men, and then they, but then they get a double message. You get like, here is a decadent chocolate cheesecake recipe just for you, and then the next page is a diet article. So it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's like, <you> yeah. Actually,
2: <laughs> yeah. And you get his, 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 you know, 400-pound overweight women that, that 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 are dating Chad undercock and then throwing him under the bus because he's not good enough for them.
1: <laughs> We're both getting taught how to manipulate each other, really. That's really what it is. You're getting taught to lie, and manipulate, to play and to get- we got the game. And we've got the power because we've got the the legal power behind us now, and the, and the, you know, feminist movement and all of these. That's it. Well,
0: the radio show part's about over, Warren. We're still live up on YouTube, and I'm going to leave it up to Ann if she wants to carry on for another few minutes.
1: Yep, I can. can I, I just want to say um, thank you to everybody who's chatting because I'm willing to learn. Um, I'm willing to learn from you. So thank, thank you. you. And we will carry on the show for another few minutes when I am decides or what have
0: you. But Warren won't be here because he's caught in on blog talk, we're down to the last few seconds, so, Warren, you're welcome to come in under the chat if you want to continue to listen and type what you have to say. I
2: will, man, but, okay. I, but, but not, probably not tonight because i got other things i got to do. Maybe next week.
1: Hey, Warren. Yeah? I'm going to ruin your program. you got a friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's cool.
1: Okay,
0: Warren. You have a good Hi, All right,
2: man. All right, later. All right, later.